Hello Life Changers, thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing word for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for what God has to say to you today. I want to preach this morning as we come to a conclusion of our series in and through Luke 15, and it's just this, like father, like son. You ever hear that statement? It's normally in the negative though. It's like, he's a bit of a scorly, a lot like his dad. Or look at him, look what he's doing there, yeah, like his father. It's often used in the negative, it's very seldom used in the positive, except when my mates pitch up both wearing Red Bull caps, father and son, then I think something's up there, there we go, must be a race. And, um, and, and Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to tax collectors, but he's trying to move them on a journey, there's a destination. See, I grew up under a preacher man who, who since I was 14 years old, he preached this message. The destination of Christianity is not heaven. And not a big house in heaven and the rewards. The destination of Christianity is a father. It's the embrace, the, the love, and the, the, the look of the father's eyes into eyes. And as that thing reminds us, I'm reminded that God calls us to go after what he goes after. And in this story, there's the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. We see the value of lost things to the father's heart. Don't know about you, but if you're a dad in the room, I'm sure somewhere along the line you've lost your kids somewhere. Not out of your bad behavior or skills. Anyone? None of you, eh? Oh, you're that good. Okay. Well, let me just confess, because it's church. Um, we had a long day in church once, and then evening service came, and my wife took the other kids and went home, and I got home, and uh, Cairns at the time wasn't super well, so she went to bed early. I went and kissed her goodnight, and I went to watch the 8 o'clock movie, some snacks, Enjoyed myself, went to bed at about half past 10, went upstairs, lay down, said, love you, honey. She said, did you tuck Judah in? And in that split second, I realized, Judah, 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 <laughs> Judah, where's Judah? And then in his five or six-year-old state that he was, was sleeping in the breastfeeding room at church under the alarm system of the church. So I said to him, I'm just going to go check. Didn't tell her where he was. <laughs> went downstairs, got dressed, drove like I was fleeing an army to this church. Got here at about 11 o'clock at night, under the alarms. I thought, I just imagined star alarms with guns to his head, like, why are you robbing this church? And, uh, but that emotion of something lost, where is he? And the split second sheer panic of, where's my son? Where is he? It's that same urgency and passion that has to move us. It's that same burden. When we look at the word lost used in Hebrews 15, it's not just, well, I lost it. See, I've, I've lost rings, I've lost things, but you don't. This word is a word, um, apulio, which means to destroy utterly, to kill, to bring to naught, to lose, to be deprived of, to destroy or perish. This is a violent action that leads to violent loss. We navigate this story and we come to Luke 15, we realize that there are these two sons that are both lost. There's the one he's... He's living the hashtag, his best life yet. Once his money and his destination was the good life. The son on the other side, he's living the right life. The, the, I'm doing everything right. I'm going to see the, the approval of my father in my journey, but both missed it. And there's a scripture in John 14, verse 6 to 8, that has been so entrenched in my DNA, in my psyche, in my thinking by Rory as he preached it for, as my pastor for 15 years. It's this. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And then Philip cries out, says, 
Philip cries out, he speaks, and he says, Jesus, show us the Father. Just show us the Father. Show us a bit of the Father, and that will be enough. Who's ever said that'll be enough in this life? Nothing's ever enough. And Philip cries out this truth. If I just see the Father, if I just engage the Father, that'll be enough. See, Christianity is not a race for a prize. It's not a mark for a kind of pass or a test. It's not a grade of performance, and it's not this passport out to heaven so that we escape hell. Christianity is a journey to a father. When I come to Luke 15, I reminded myself that, that actually the younger brother didn't trust, but neither did the older brother. The, the younger brother probably fa- feared so many things in his future, but so did the older brother. And that same preacher man who taught me the theology has also shown me the, the, what that life looks like. I've had the privilege of doing life with him for 30 years, personally and in church. And we sat down for an impromptu lunch on Thursday in a restaurant in Cape Town, and he got there before me, and I realized, shame. This waitress didn't know what to do with him. He's a six foot three dude who looks a bit like a gangster, but he's also a preacher and a businessman. And uh, by the time I got there, he knew her name, Erin, that she had been in the city for a few months and she was new to the city and she had no friends and she was working at this restaurant to pay for her studies. And there's this whole story going on. And we had a great lunch and she served us and she did a great job. And then right at the end, it's the normal wrestle for the bill with Rory, which I never really win because he's bigger than me, and I've seen him break people's credit cards in front of me, so I don't want that. And he pays for the bill, and then she comes back and says, sir, you made a mistake. He's like, what? Did I make a mistake? Says, no, you made a mistake. And she, she shows in the bill, says, no, you made a mistake. This isn't correct. He said, well, it is correct. And there was just an extravagant tip, but like extravagant, that just didn't make sense to her, her boss that she went back to show, and she came back to him and said, sir, you've made a mistake. He said, no, I haven't made a mistake, Aaron. I want to bless you. I want to pour out blessings. See, my job is not just to have a theology of the Father. My job is to be like my Father. It's got to look like something. It's got to look like Him. In my life and my story, it's got to look like Him. And it's a challenge. People live with these guides and governors or God in their life. We have guides. I can't go over that speed limit. Discovery's watching me. I won't get my points. Or these governors that like hold my car at the speed. Or there's just, I want to live for God. I want my life to reflect the glory of my Father. And whether that's an extravagant tip to a person I've just met and might never see again, that something of God the Father that will be enough for them would be revealed in and through our lives. That's the challenge of the gospel. It's that it's not something to know. It's not something to behold. It's something to stand in awe of and go, thank you, God, I give it away. So I want to look at the Luke 15 father because there's so much attention given to this son and there's so much attention given to this son. But I think the centerpiece and the thing that should capture us the most is I want to be like my father. I do find it very cute that you've got the same capsules. I'm preaching about like, I would get you to stand, but maybe later. And I want to just um, take six points about this father in Luke 15. Just six simple things that I think will astound you in how simple they are. But when we get them right and we display them to the world around us, it changes everything. In verse 11, verse Luke 15 says, And he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. One of you, point number one about this father that sticks out to me is he's slow to anger. Let me explain. Anyone had their son come to them and say, actually, you're better off to me dead than alive. 
if I can just have my share, my share, I mean, it's incredible language. If I can just have my share now, I'll be gone. You're better off to me dead than alive. And this father's response is profound. And the first thing is he doesn't do what I would do. What? I mean, let's be honest. A hypothetical scenario would never happen in my household, but there's a little bit of salted caramel ice cream left, just a little bit in the fridge, in the freezer. Just hypothetical, not a real situation ever. And, 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 and you come to the fridge, and the deep freeze, you've been longing all day for that little bit. Just hypothetical scenario, it didn't happen. And, um, and, and, and then you look, and, and, and your son's got just a little bit of salted caramel ice cream. He says, Mom said I could. Now, when I step back and think slowly, I'm going, that's fine, he's my son. But that's not my response, because there's a righteous indignation about that ice cream that I had worked my day for. Anyone, I mean, hypothetical scenario, didn't happen. But we are so quick. I mean, I'm driving out from Century City. I'm the one that's got to get here. And the dude in front of me, just the guy in front just didn't go that quick enough to get through the robot. So the guy in front of me blew a gasket. I mean, he's like, his, head, his hands are doing this. I mean, the other guy's gone. There's no one. It's just me. I'm watching you. He's like, who are you doing this for? It's, I'm, and he's having a meltdown. I realized, how stupid is that? We do it all the time. But if I want to reflect the Father, when I look at this Father, showing you the Father, I realize I've got to be slow. Just slow down. Calm down. And you realize a couple of hard knocks and a couple of things challenge us. But Moses was walking in Exodus 34, and it says, The glory of God passed in front of him. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger. There was no word for slow to anger. In the, Hebrew, in the Hebrew, there's just two words that are put together, eric, which means long, and the second word is uh, apium, which means nostril. Slow to anger in the original Hebrew means long in the nostril. Why? Because it's... <laughs> just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. What a better world we'd live in if people just breathed. And we're slow to anger. When I'm slow to anger, and people know the way of the world is anger, when I represent the way of heaven, they see heaven. That's the difference. And that's the call. See, the challenge is you only get one chance to make a first impression. You only get one chance. What about the second thing in his response? I'm not going to read the scripture again, but the, the son comes and asks him, what does the father do? He just gives. You want to be like your father in heaven? Like father, like son, become a giver. Become someone where our default actually, unless God speaks, to not, to be someone who participates in giving of our time, our talents, our treasures, our love, our compassion, our care. Wayne and Jen are moving into one of the toughest areas of our city. And we're going with them. We might be meeting on Sundays, we might be gathering, but 75,000 rand last week, we'll give whatever's needed to make sure that mission succeeds. Why? Because that's who father is. To my fathers. Why would I doubt now? Why would I stop now? Ooh, Corona. God wasn't surprised by Corona. And the challenge is we become small when we become self focused. My agenda is not to focus on myself, to give my eyes and my gaze to Him. And I stand there amazed. See, Luke 13 presents the Father. It says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Father in heaven? That is the summary of the gospel to me. If you say, Mark, gospel in one word, Father, gospel in three words, how much more? And now, 
My heart has to keep there fixed with eyes gazed upon my Father. I'm called to be like Him. And then it translates into action. It changes the world. And I'm telling you, a lack of generosity in our lives, and I'm not just talking about out there, and I'm not even talking about by that field. I'm talking with your spouse. I'm talking with your employees. I'm talking about the people you engage on a daily basis. A lack of generosity is a lack of revelation of the Father. God wants to shatter that in our lives so that He can bring His glory. I love this, verse 17. But when He came to His senses, He said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? The son is out there eating the pig's loaves, he, and he has a revelation, an aha moment. He says, my dad's workers are eating well. What an incredible testimony of a father. No, the father didn't SMS him. Hey, by the way, my workers are eating well. Not that anyone SMSs these days. But the testimony of the father to the son after years of watching, was my dad is a fair man. He looks after his people. He feeds them well. In an age where there were no labor laws, there were no trade unions, there were no protective bodies looking after the workers of the day. There were just bosses and workers. The testimony of this father was he was fair. And I'm telling you, if we want to see the kingdom of God come, we can give millions to buying a field, but if we don't look after the person who, if you have the privilege of having someone help you in your home, or the privilege of having someone help you in your business, or the privilege of being in any area of influence, and we don't have a testimony of being fair and just and kind, I'm telling you, we're playing a game. We're playing a game. God wants to deal with these things. They're just... I'm not going to draw attention, but, but there's a man in this place. I met a lady here, outside here. She was at a, a ladies' group, brand new to the church. She's in health and safety. She said to me, I've just been to a business, and I love this business because they're looking after their staff, and they're not just doing health and safety because they want to see their staff, you know, do the bare minimum. They're doing it because they want to look after their staff. And I said, oh, what's the name of the business? She told me that that name of the business is, is a man from this church. And everything inside of me said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So he carries on in verse 20. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think of all the other reactions this father could have had. I think the first one is this father is quick to forgive. In an age where it seems like Christians have got a theology, I've got to run bases like baseball. You know, like, I've got to go here. They've got to do a bit of time. They've got to go here. No, they've got to prove themselves. They're not going to do it again. I've got to go here. Just, I'm just, this is just for me. And the last one, okay, I forgive you. Stop telling people you forgive them and just forgive them. Honestly, it'll set you so free. I've been in church. I've been forgiven for so many things I didn't even know I did. So I just want to tell you, in 1997, back in the DLI, this happened, I forgive you. I'm like, shame, have you been holding on to that for that long? I'm so sorry. Stop telling people you forgive them and forgive them. This father just chooses. There's my son. Arms around him. Pouring out his grace, his goodness. We need to be those people. We want to change the world like father, like son. We forget how gracious God has been with us sometimes. We forget, and sometimes when we've been around Christians too long, or been in the church too long, we start having standards that I'm telling you, Father doesn't have. That's a challenge. 
God's got to deal with that inside of us if we're going to change the world. We need to become quick to forgive. Two more points just about this father that I hope are challenging you as they challenge me. It says, the father, the son comes home and the father saw him and felt compassion for him. You know, there's a distinct difference between pity and compassion. Pity would have been the father, oh, shame, boy, you stink. You don't look good, eh? What have you been chowing? Pig's food. Ah, I could tell. It's like, shame, man. Lucky to see you. That would have been pity. Compassion is, my boy, my boy. And then action happens. Pity is where there's no action. Compassion moves us to action, moves us to respond, moves us from smallness, moves us from our pious positions of we deserve better into come. Compassion is challenging. Compassion is costly. 2 Corinthians puts it this way. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. If it just stopped, there'd be lacquer. We just, he just comforts us. It says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Our comfort abounds through Christ. When we take the comfort and the compassion we received in the God of all comforts and we give it away, and I want to tell you, it's hard. It's hard. And right now, people are in challenge and trial, and right now we're navigating all sorts of things in community. But that's why we stay in community, because compassion is pulled out of us. Because we don't just get to drive past people standing on the roads going, mm, they must have made bad decisions in their life. That's not who we are. We say, come into the house of God. Come and get healed and made whole in the house of God. Come and find your identity in the house of God. Come and walk in relationship in the house of God. Have older people, younger people, rich people, poor people invest in your life. And because compassion pours out, we see the evidence of His grace. In signs and wonders called sons and daughters of the living God. Changing the world. And lastly, and this one I love, verse 22. You're right there, Sharon. <laughs> it's okay. We're allowed to laugh. Verse 22, but the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead, dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found and they begin to celebrate. Understand the son has done nothing. He mumbled a few words of sort of apology, but didn't get there. There's no evidence of his life transforming. He's still smelly and stinky, and the father says, a jacket on him. Doesn't say wash off the smell. You ever thought about that? I think, like, I'm like a clean guy. I like soap and a bath. It's like, nice to have your homeboy. Go have a bath. I'll see you now. This father doesn't do that. This father just lavishes upon his son. Robe and ring and sandals and fattened calf. He just lavishes. When last did you lavish someone? Your spouse. Your friend. Someone you don't even know. Someone who you know they cannot do it back. They are incapable of reciprocating that action. When last did were you moved? By compassion, moved by the call of God, moved by the kingdom of God, moved by Jesus, moved by trying to be like your Father in heaven to pour it out lavishly on someone. 
without first saying, go have a bath. Clean yourself up. When you're a bit cleaner and a bit more worthy, we'll sort this out. See, the challenges, and these are challenging times. And I'm very aware, even as I navigate by, we navigate trying to buy this field and navigate these things, and, and we're feeding families, and we're putting food in homes, and we're trusting God to break through. I realize that in challenging times, the challenges, we become signs of the times. You aren't called to be a sign of the times. You are called to be a sign in wonder, pointing to the glory of the risen God. You aren't called to be a sign of the time, just reverberating the news of the day, economics and principality, all these things, just pouring them out. Statements about our nation and just regurgitating some negative percentage you heard somewhere on news. We aren't those people. Anyone can be a sign of the times. Yo, it's tough. Or we can find the abundance in our relationship we have with the Almighty King, living in the knowledge that He is seated on His throne, that He's coming back and His kingdom will be poured out and choose to partner. We become, as Isaiah wrote, sons and wonders, just the children of God, sons and daughters, pointing to Him. See, I'm just a son. And for all my days on this earth, I'll just be a son. And the highest designation I'll ever have on this earth will be son of the living God. And the privilege of living a life with an endeavor to try to be like my father. Can we stand this morning? See, I think in these words, and we come to these type of moments, Demands, like compassion demands action. There's demands and action, a response action from us. What's going to change? Are you slow to anger, sir or ma'am? If you're not, it's okay. But like the prodigal, stop, turn to your father and start walking. I realized I used to, my wife is very gentle, so I felt like it was my call and my mandate to be the strong one in the house. Until God said, who are you talking to? You think they're your kids? They were always mine before they were ever yours. You think you can talk to them that way? Stop it. Why? Because for year after year, I've been taught that my journey is to a father. God wants to fashion us, shape us. Maybe your circumstances are you're saying, I can't lavish someone. I don't know. I, I can't even afford one rose, let alone 20 for my wife. I'm not talking about roses. The most lavish thing you can give are words. Will you lavish someone with your words? Will you lavish someone with your time and your presence? Will you lavish over someone with a gracious response, a kind response? Will you lavish over them? Sometimes for me, given my personality and way, this is a little easier than some of the other things. Will you forgive? Even this morning, please don't leave here with unforgiveness in your heart. It is crippling the kingdom of God. God wants us to live free. 
Stop self-justifying. Forgive. Which means access the grace of the Father in your story and walk free. Can we just close our eyes for a second? You've got to respond. If there's any of these areas that you're saying, Hey, Mark, I've got to walk free. If the idea of lavishing someone or being quick to forgive or compassion or being fair or a giver, buying into the kingdom of God's story of becoming a giver or, or pouring out into slow to anger. But actually, right now, there's got to be repentance. There's got to be a turning. That moment of turning of the sun in the pigsty was a moment of repentance and starting the journey back. Start the journey now and watch the miracles. Watch. Watch. I promise you, even this, this by that field thing, I'm a son of the God, someone, someone of God. Someone said, how are you going to do it? I said, I don't know, but God will. God will. He knows. He just asked me to keep saying yes to him. Will you say yes to him this morning? If you're here and you're saying the areas of my sonship, I want to walk out like my father more. I want to pray with you this morning. Lift your hands with me this morning. As I lift my hands in this journey, this radical journey of becoming a son who's like his father in heaven, like father, like son. I pray grace in this room. I pray courage to turn this morning, to turn, to repent, to make phone calls of apology, to go and buy the flowers and buy and give time this morning again. I pray, Spirit of God, not a word on principles of doing life in seven steps, six steps to freedom, but a revelation that I'm not called to be a son of the times. I'm called to be a son and wonder to a watching world who are looking for a father. They're looking you want to know what decision to make? Find out what pleases him. It's what Ephesians says. You want to please him? You want to know what faith is? Find out what pleases the Father and do that. Just do that. And encounter the love, the grace, the goodness, compassion, the care, and the abundance of the one who's seated on his throne. We worship you, King. We worship you, God. Can you say that with me this morning? We worship you, Father. Our Father in heaven, we worship you. We worship you. I pray, I pray bondage come off your people this morning. I pray freedom come, joy come, life come, abundance come. We trust you, God. We give you all the glory, King. We praise you, God. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.